Welcome to the 2017 and Sonia mayoral debate between Mayor David Cassetti and challenger Tarek Raslin. Before we begin, please note that this podcast is sponsored by The Valley Gives Back, a new initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. Your action inspires others to follow your lead and to make a difference. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact your community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. For more information, please visit valleygivesback.org. The Valley Gives Back is an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation connecting private philanthropy to the long-term public good of the Valley. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. And with that, I'm going to turn today's debate over to the moderator, reporter Ethan Fry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies podcast. Again, my name is Ethan Fry, and I'm a reporter here at the Valley Independent Sentinel. Today, I'll be talking with the two candidates on the ballot this November vying for the position of mayor of Ansonia. We're also streaming this discussion live on the Valley Indies Facebook page. So hello. Thank you to everyone watching. I'm pleased to welcome uh, incumbent mayor, uh, Republican David Cassetti. Thank you. As well as uh, Democratic challenger, Tarek Rasland. Thank you very much. Uh, mayor Cassetti is finishing his second term as mayor after first being elected in 2013. Prior to being mayor, he had served as an alderman and member of the police commission in addition, addition to running a construction company he started in the 80s. Mr. Rasslin grew up in Stamford and has worked as a real estate developer as well as an investment analyst in England before moving to the city about two years ago. He is a newcomer to politics but has been running an energetic campaign as the leader of the Democratic slate. Gentlemen, again, thank you both for being here. Thank Thanks for much. having us. Thank you. And in, uh, just a note, in addition to this discussion, the candidates are also scheduled to participate in a debate at Ansonia High School October 26th at 7 p.m. to be moderated by Matthew Huff, the president of the Ansonia Federation of Teachers, with questions asked by students involved with the Honor Society and student government. Also here this morning, off camera, uh, you heard him at the beginning, uh, valleyindy.org editor Eugene Driscoll, who is recording this discussion so it could be posted as an episode of our podcast. And he's also just helping me stick to the format we've planned out. Uh, he may jump in with a question or a follow-up at some point. Uh, this is the Valley Indy's fourth go-around in terms of local election debates. Uh, and the format becomes less constrictive every time we do it, so we're going to try to be pretty loose here today. Uh, the goal is to have a conversation about where Ansonia is headed and each candidate's vision for its future. Um, one note, uh, I'm going to be listening to the candidates' uh, answers and keeping track of questions that we've already asked, 
and trying to think of follow-ups um, while at the same time not having a complete nervous breakdown. Uh, <laughs> Eugene's monitoring the audio, so we're not able to monitor the comments on Facebook in real time and have candidates respond to them. Uh, but we hope the candidates themselves, just you know, through the format we've planned out, will be able to raise any pertinent issues, uh, which is why we've structured the format of the debate uh, in that way. Uh, we agreed to start with opening statements, and we had a coin toss before the debate to determine who would go first. Uh, Mr. Rasslin won the coin toss and deferred to the mayor. So, Mayor Cassetti, go ahead with your opening statement. Good morning. First, I would like to thank the Valley Independent Sentinel, Eugene and Ethan, for uh, hosting this debate. I want to thank my opponent, who's a very enthusiastic individual, and we welcome him to the city. Um, I am Mayor Dave Cassetti. I was born and raised in Ansonia, educated in the school system in Ansonia, uh, raised my family, my five children with my wife in Ansonia. Um, I opened my business in 1986. Um, it's a, it was a flourishing business. Uh, heavy construction, sewer contractor is what I am. And um, I... Uh, became mayor i was asked to become run for mayor in 2013 and i asked my family they said yes go for it because i saw that ansonia was in the state of decay and i saw how bad things were in our city so i decided that i was going to run for mayor of ansonia i am here now that i'm going on to my second um, i'm finishing up my second term and i am really hoping i am really hoping that i can be afforded to get a, a third term in the city of ansonia okay thank you mr mayor uh, mr raslan uh, your opening statement go yes. ahead hello ansonia thank you again uh, to valley independent sentinel um, thank you to Mayor Cassetti for uh, participating in the debate with me. I really appreciate it. And thank you to the residents of Ansonia for entertaining yet another election every two years. And so uh, it's been a, really, a real pleasure to be participating. And um, just like to start by saying that uh, I've moved around quite a bit in my life. Uh, I, I lived in many places in Connecticut. Uh, I moved to um, Boston for school. Uh, I moved to uh, England, London, England for work and uh, lived in southern Vermont for work and uh, and back down to Connecticut. Of all the places my wife and I could have chosen to settle down and put roots, uh, we chose Ansonia. And we chose Ansonia because I saw real estate opportunity here in this city and also because uh, having lived around the world, we saw the ingredients within Ansonia uh, that, that we've all come or that we've come to appreciate and enjoy. Um, uh, everywhere where I've lived, I've always uh, wanted to get involved in the community, and I wasted no time getting involved here in Ansonia. Back in 2015, I joined the Valley Arts Council, the Derby Historic Society, and we started two volunteer resident groups uh, to, for park beautification, Friends of Gaddison Park and the Friends of Pine Lot Park. Uh, and together, we replaced park benches, we uh, painted up swing sets, we planted over a 1,000 flowers, uh, we put up tree identification le uh, labels. We partnered with Ansonia Nature Center to do a butterfly garden uh, and an outdoor nature classroom. We put together uh, two vegetable uh, community vegetable gardens with Valley United Way, uh, and we salvaged uh, $50,000 playground over at Olson Drive, which was scheduled for demolition. And to me, that's what community is all about. Uh, I know how to bring people together. And I look forward to working with the community, regardless of the outcome of the election, uh, to continue working together. And this election, to me, is about really one question. 
which is that when we look out into the future of the world uh, and, we, and, and we look out and see the challenges that we face, whether they're social, economic, environmental, does Ansonia have the, the will and the capacity to rise up to those challenges? Uh, and I look forward to putting my real estate uh, background and my global perspective to work here, recognize what it is that makes Ansonia unique, invest in those things, and, uh, and get things going here. Okay. And we don't have, uh, you know, set rigid time limits and everything, but I guess just uh, ask, you know, the candidates to be uh, sort of succinct. Uh, and Like, I'll jump in and cut you off, I guess. Give, give us, give yeah, us and, the... And, and, uh, enunciate, yes. Uh, yeah. Talk loudly. Uh, okay. After opening statements, the candidates agreed to then ask each other questions. Uh, we asked each candidate to prepare three questions for his opponent. And we had a separate coin flip to determine who would ask the first question. Uh, the mayor won that. So, Mayor Cassetti, go ahead with your first question to Mr. Raslin. Thank you, Ethan. Mr. Raslin, Ansonia taxes are way too high, as well as in the state. Would you pledge with me, if you're elected mayor of Ansonia, not to raise taxes? Yeah, so there's two things I think that... Um residents need to understand when it comes to taxes because there's the tax rate and then there's the actual tax bill that you pay at the end of the year uh, and those things don't always necessarily go together so for example you can have uh, a cape house uh, in shelton you take the same house with the same footprint on land uh, and you take that house in shelton and you take that house in ansonia now shelton as we all know has a much lower mill rate their property tax rate is much lower than ours in ansonia and so uh, but the appraised value of that same house uh, in Shelton is going to be much higher. And so even though people might say, oh, the, the, the taxes in Shelton, the tax rate is in Shelton are so much lower than ours, you put the same house with the same footprint in Shelton, and I bet you their tax bill is going to be higher than Ansonia. And so there's two elements to that question is that what do we do about mill rate? Speak up. What too. do we do about mill rate? And what do we do to make sure that residents of Ansonia, particularly our most vulnerable residents, those who are on fixed incomes, our senior residents, that, uh, that are, are vulnerable to even small increment, incremental increases in their tax bill? What can we do to make sure that they're not put under pressure, that they can maintain living in Ansonia, that Ansonia remains affordable for those who are, have the most uh, challenges? With that said... Uh, I will do everything in my power to maintain the financial strength of our city. And when you have rising costs of city services, uh, which rises every year, if you go back and look at the audits, if you look at the budgets, you can see that city spending increases every year, like clockwork. Now, if your tax base doesn't grow sufficiently, then, and, then and you don't have uh, you know, rising property prices, but the, at the same time, the cost of rising, uh, rising cost of city government uh, outpaces that of our home prices, then you have to raise the mill rate. And that's the real challenge in this election is that what I say to people is I say, what is it going to take for Ansonia taxes, Ansonia's tax rate to stay stable for the long term? And one of the challenges I think that I'm presenting in this campaign and, and, and one of my main criticisms of your administration is the, the short-term nature with which you've managed finances in the city. Um, you've, you've, you've publicly come out and stated that uh, you believe that the city savings rate was too high. Um, and so you've utilized that savings, the, the reserve fund balance, to 
try to provide some ta short-term tax relief. Um, we've borrowed money for standard operating budget items. And at the same time, uh, you know, we, we, those, those things to combined are unsustainable. You can't continue to operate that way. And so I think the challenge for Ansonia is that we need to get our property prices rising. If we want to stabilize our mill rate, we need to get our property pri prices rising. We need to get our grand list rising sufficiently to be able to cover the rising cost of city government. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, any response to uh, Mr. Rasland's answer? Yes. The rainy day fund, when I came to office in 2013, we were already in the rainy day era. I mean, for 10 years, the city was in the state of decay. If we did not use that rainy day fund, which was overinflated, believe me when I tell you, we, we would have a 50 mil increase, uh, a, a 50 mil, uh, uh, mil increase on our taxes. We needed to utilize that money to pay off some debt that we had and to, to, to um, uh, give property relief, give tax relief to the residents. That is the taxpayer's money, that, that rainy day fund. And right now it's at 12.5%, which is the 15th highest in the state of Connecticut. Uh, Mr. Rasslin, any rebuttal to the mayor's answer? Just limited yeah. to the, the, the specific question. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Been, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. <clears throat> um, the challenge with our rainy day fund, and this is what I say as well when I talk to residents who are concerned about this, is I say it's not necessarily where our reserve fund is today. It's the trajectory with which, with which it's heading. And right now, uh, in the last uh, budget, we had a $3.2 million deficit. So that was, uh, that's, that's what it says in the audit. And if you kept that pace from today, and I don't know how you can say today that we have a 12.5% reserve because maybe you see numbers that won't be released to the public, but I'd love, and I think a lot of people in the public would love to see those numbers. Um, I think it would be wonderful if we could have those numbers before the election and we can try to better determine what kind of trajectory that we're actually on. And I think that when, by my own calculation, if you use that last audit that came out and those numbers are ironclad, that's not pie in the sky budgets, this is the audit. And if you look at the trajectory of those, by my account, we'd be out of money. We'd deplete our reserve fund, just $265,000 coming out of the reserve fund from that, that $3.2 million deficit every month that would put us at a zero balance by the beginning of 2019. Uh, like, I don't want to do yeah. like nonstop. I, I got I got to read. But like, yeah, just confined to that, uh, what Mr. Rasmus Okay. Said First of all, the about the you know, the audit, the audit. First of all, Mr. Raslin, please come down and see me and any resident out there who has a concern, please come down and see me. I will show you page 21 where we have $1 million surplus. We do not have a deficit in the city of Ansoni. Please come to my office and I will show you the audit. I will bring my comptroller in and he will show you what where it stands. What year was that? This year. 2016. Right. June 2016 audit. Okay. Sorry to break. No, no, no. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Uh, second question, uh, Mr. Rasslin uh, to Mayor Cassetti. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I wrote an op-ed article saying about uh, money that I would save on day one, right. over $500,000 in savings that I would save on day one. The biggest and most important element to that was, to me, uh, was a post-employment benefit package right. that has been awarded to the mayor's position. Um 
this is a, a benefits package, which is both a medical benefits for life once you reach a certain time threshold. I believe it's uh, anywhere between five and eight years and a pension package, uh, which is included in that as well. Now, uh, Mayor uh, Herbst over in Trumbull has made a commitment to forego those post-employment benefits. I myself have made a pledge that on day one, I would forego those post-employment benefits. Uh, saving taxpayers, by my estimation, about $300,000 over the course uh, of that, uh, the duration of those benefits package. I think the, the teachers, uh, the, city, the city employees, the public works, and the police would, uh, uh, I think, be very jealous of this benefits package because they have to work much longer in order to uh, receive that, that kind of a, a benefit. Would you make a pledge with me today to forego that post-employment benefits package? First of all, that, that package wouldn't happen until after 10 years of service to the city. We, we, not, we may not be here. I may not be here. So it's after 10 years. So no, I, I, I'm not going to forego a, a pension if I'm able to get it after 10 years. So you won't, you won't make the pledge? No. Okay. Any follow-up or anything like that? My question is, uh, why do you think that's fair to the public works to the police, to our teachers who have to work much longer in order to receive such a generous benefits package. No, everybody in the city, public works, police, if they work 10 years, then they're eligible for a pension. Yeah. They have that. that it's, it's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. The mayor works 10 years, he gets a pension. Police work 10 years, they get a pension. It's, it's, it's all equal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next question will be from uh, Mayor Cassetti to Mr. Raslin. Mayor Cassetti, go ahead. Mr. Raslin, you've only been here two years in Ansonia, and you see what's what's going on. Would you say? Would you say that the city is better off than it was four years ago? So four years ago, the only thing that I can do to understand the dynamic of Ansonia beyond the time that I've been here for two and a half years, my wife and I moved in in April, uh, two thousand fifteen, uh, is to look. You know, through through word of mouth, through talking with people that have lived here for their entire lives, uh, and through looking and doing my own research, looking at things like the the financial trajectory of the city, um, and what I can see is that uh, if you look if you look at the financials of the city, grandless growth has actually slowed way down, and. Uh, that, to me, is one of my biggest concerns. I obviously was very interested in Ansonia. I, you were one of the very first people that I come uh, came and met here in Ansonia, down in City Hall, Sheila O'Malley, John Marini, and yourself, uh, to talk about what does the future of Ansonia look like. Um, we toured around, uh, and, and you're, you're aware that I was interested from a development standpoint in many of the buildings downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, you... I, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future of Ansonia. I believe that we have the ingredients here to succeed. I believe we have uh, a, a, a foundation here that, is, that can be attractive to the next generation of home buyers as a top choice location. Now, when I talk to my own investors and they say, Tarek, give me the upside downside about what you think about the future of Ansonia. I tell them, you know, I think Ansonia will succeed regardless of the ebbs and flows that, that might happen, because I think that the, that, the, that the assets that exist here are strong enough fundamentally. But when I see the financial trajectory of the city, it's concerning to me, because what scares people, what scares investors, is uncertainty. 
And when I see the short-term financial measures that have been taken during your administration, that is a, a recipe for uncertainty. Small incremental increases in taxes, if you have to, if you can't get the kind of growth that you need to stabilize the mill rate sustainably, uh, is better than a one-off shock that can end up having a impact on perception that's larger than the reality of the situation that we face. Now, I love going downtown and grabbing a drink at Copper City or grabbing a meal at Crave. Uh, those are all good things. We need those things. We need economic development to, to, to stay active and to be vibrant and to attract that next generation. But we also need to invest in those things in our community that are going to really seal the deal when it comes to attracting the next generation of families. If we're underfunding our education, if we're making cuts to our library, if we're making cuts to the after-school programs, I don't care how many restaurants you have downtown, you're not gonna get the kinds of families moving in here that are gonna get our home prices rising. And so that's what is most concerning to me. I like some of the things that I'm seeing on Main Street. There's some things that I would disagree with, um, but you know, so those, that's how I would uh, assess you know, what's going on you know, now versus the historic trend of Ansonia. America said any response yes. to Mr. Rasmussen. The grand list fell by $350 million in the previous administration. It went from a million, a billion two to $800 million. It is now at $900 million. With the revaluation coming up this coming year, you're going to see an increase in our grand list in leaps and bounds. I'm hoping to get close to the billion-dollar mark again. This is going to be able to stabilize taxes. First of all, my opponent wants to get rid of economic development. He stated that that would be one of his savings. Economic development is the engine that drives your city. You need economic development. If you look up at Fountain Lake and what, what's occurred up there with uh, Farrell staying here, back in 2013, uh, 14, when I went to Farrell's, they had boxes packed. I asked them, what's going on here? We're moving to Topeka, Kansas. I said, why are you leaving, going to Topeka, Kansas? He says, there's nothing here. We need a road up on Fountain Lake. I went to EDA, I went to Washington, I went three times to get this money to build that road and so that they would stay here. Economic development you need. We got better packages expanding down on Hershey Park, another 20,000 square feet with 15 more jobs. We got rug pad coming to Ansonia. These are all good things. And then he talks about education. I have funded education more than any mayor before me. It is a known fact. I have the facts. I've given them a million four, a million two, eight hundred ninety thousand, and last year nine hundred thousand. I am funding education more than any mayor before me. I believe in our students. I visit the schools at all times. I'm always there with them. The kids all know me, and I believe in the future for these kids. Mr. Aslan, any just confined to what the mayor just said uh, by way of uh, response quickly? Yeah. So they speak they, up they, again. They call that. You're getting some complaints people can't hear on the iPhone, just so you guys know. Get rid of that microphone. <laughs> so what, uh, what Mayor Cassetti just did there was uh, to pick and choose the starting and end points of the grand list. Because when the, when the previous administration, if you go back over a period of time, actually, from the beginning of the administration, it was not starting at $1.2 billion. No. Uh, the beginning, in fact... The, the increase under the previous administration over the entirety of their administration was actually 276 million. 
And if you actually compare that to the grand list growth under your administration, which has been, by my estimation, you guys have said a figure of $8 million, but by the budgets, if you go by the budgets, what you state there, the net grand list shows that you've increased by $9.7 million. So you guys have been understating a little bit. But if you annualize that, to, to compare like for like, because there was a spike up with the previous administration and it came back down with the housing crash. It spiked up with the housing bubble, came back down. But where it ended up landing was $276 million above where it was when he began. Now, if you annualize that, that works out to be about $22 million a year in annual grand list growth. And if you compare that to your own growth, which equates to about a little over $2 million. So one-tenth of the economic growth in your, in, 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 in your administration versus the previous 13 years. And, and, and sorry, just quick, I didn't say I was going to get rid of economic development. I'm saying that I'm going to take the responsibility for economic development because I think there's synergies between having a mayor with the capacity to deliver economic development insight and strategy uh, at the same time as running the, the city as a city manager. Okay, and ju just confined to that, any response just to the issue of like the the grand list? I mean, basically, right? The grand list uh, has gone up eight million dollars. He says nine point seven, but it's it's eight million dollars. We're also possibly. I've already talked to the assessor last week. It's going to go up an additional five million with the revaluation of Big Y, Target, and Stop and Shop. So that's thirteen million. Okay, uh, Mr. Raslin, you have the next question uh, to ask the mayor. Okay. Um, back in July 2016, you made a decision to terminate a contract for garbage collection with Winters Brothers. That has resulted in a $500,000 lawsuit against the city from Winters Brothers uh, and has also resulted in you appointing a no-bid contract for our current garbage collection, which is still in effect today. And so the question is, uh, are taxpayers, how can taxpayers be assured that they're getting a good deal on any contract that goes out from the city if it doesn't go out to bid. Believe me, I, I know the prices. They are $76,000 cheaper than um, uh, Winter Brothers were, and they are doing a phenomenal job. When I took office, there was nothing but complaints. I used to get four, five, six complaints a day about the garbage pickup by Winter Brothers. Since the, I brought this new company in, I have no complaints at all. I ask, is there any complaints about the garbage? None. They are doing it cheaper than than um, Winter Brothers, and they're doing an impeccable job. And the board of aldermen voted, both Democrat and Republican, voted to to give that job to uh, uh, country country disposal. Uh, Mr. Rasslin, any yeah, follow up? I mean, with all due respect, on the dollar bill it says, "In God we trust," not in Cassetti we trust. And so, in my mind. And this is the way I operate in my own business. When I go out for contract, I go out to bid. And regardless of whether or not we're getting a better deal with our current garbage collector versus Winter Brothers is irrelevant to me. There's a process in place and there's a, an element of transparency, which I think that the taxpayers deserve. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> the Board of Aldermen voted to give it to country country disposal. I mean, the, both Democrat and Republican. I, I recommended it along with Mike D'Alessio and the Board of Aldermen approved it. And just a short rebuttal. Again, in God we trust, not in the Board of Aldermen we trust. There's a process in place for a reason. There's a reason why, why cities go out for bid on contracts to make sure that taxpayers understand that there was a process where 
everybody had a chance to bid and we know that we got the best deal. Well, what happens if we put it back out to bid and Winter Brothers bids on it and they're low bidder? Would you award that job to them after the the, the job that they done through the city of Ansonia? Would you award that job? I'd have to look at the record to see, and this is something that I, I don't know how uh, right. how public you're allowed to be with a pending litigation, but not too many people have seen the complaints lists that you guys have brought in this case. Oh, there's and, there's and a complaint list. I'm sure there is, but yep. I'd love to see it. I'd love okay. to make it pub- have it have it made public. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Next question, Mr. Cassetti, uh, to Mr. Rasslin, and and like, yeah, if you guys, you know, don't don't you don't need to. It's not like Robert's rules here. You don't need to like go through me. You okay. Have a conversation with each other. You know, I, I think we like. We, we agreed to have a, a pretty loose format. Absolutely, absolutely. Wanna, you loose? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. loose? <laughs> okay. go, ahead, go ahead, Mr. Mayor. question I have for you is you've been critical of me in my administration since you've been here. What have I done that you approve of? Yeah. Yeah, there's many things. And I remember the first day I walked into your office, I looked on your wall and I said uh, there was a, a sign in there uh, and it said it can be done. And actually... Uh, there's that very same sign hanging in my father's office. And I said, you know, yeah, you know, I like that. I like that attitude. And I think that uh, one of the things I think as an individual, and I think this is very important as well for any uh, any governmental leader, uh, is to be able to inspire people. And I do see you interacting with residents in a way that brings a smile to their face. And I think that that is so important. Um, I, I think you've got a, a, a can-do attitude, and I appreciate that about you. And so those, those are, are, are two things that I think that you do very well. Yeah. Dude, look, uh, could I just introduce do you? Uh, do you like anything about Mr. Rasslin? I, I think he's fl- uh, a great guy. I mean, he's energetic. I mean, he, he, I've seen him do work at the parks. I see him getting working with people and everything. I mean... I just want him to follow through what he wants to do. He came to me, he wanted to buy the ATP and Palmer building, but he never put a bid in. He wanted to start a newspaper, and he never followed through with it. Newspaper. And he had talked to me about And then he, had, he came to my office with some people. He wanted to talk about aquaponics. An aquaponics, uh, one of the biggest in the world, he wanted to set up here in Ansonia. But I didn't know where, but he never followed through with it. That's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> Mr. Rasslin, any response to those, uh, confined to those Mm. issues? Yeah. uh, So the very first buildings that I was interested in downtown, the ones that I felt like were potentially some of the best value deals in the city were the ATP and Palmer buildings. Uh, I've got all the email chains to go back and forth with Sheila O'Malley and I, and uh, including uh, John Marini and yourself, uh, to to corroborate those kinds of uh, discussions. the reasons why I didn't go forward were very clearly outlined in those discussions and the same complications which you're having with those buildings right now, which I told you at that time would be continued to be problems for the development to proceed with those things, which is the fact that the 497 East Main Street building shares a party wall with a process lab, which was held by a private developer at the time was Mustafa Diakade. Now, we made an offer to Mustafa Diakade about whether he wanted to partner or whether he wanted to sell. And that deal didn't go through. And the answer I gave to Sheila O'Malley and the answer I'll give today, which is the same challenge that you're having right now downtown and trying to finagle these pieces together, which is that you can't have development down there when you don't have construction synchronized between two two buildings that share an adjacent party wall. Um, With regards to, I don't know what you're talking about with a newspaper, but 
uh, with regards to the aquaponics, I'm still very gung-ho, and I think that this is uh, something that uh, is a huge opportunity, not just here in Ansonia, and an opportunity that we missed, not because I didn't follow through, but because after I brought this company in here to City Hall to speak with you and speak about the opportunity, there's no follow-through on your part. And that's one of the challenges that I think that we have in this uh, in, in our city is making sure that we're doing everything we can to bring in innovative companies that are going to fundamentally change the local economy. What, just quickly, what is aquaponics? I, I don't know yeah. what that is. So uh, uh, aquaponics is a growing methodology for agriculture, and it's one of the most uh, it's one of the most leading technologies when it comes to local agriculture. Um, it's basically hydroponics, which is growing through a water medium instead of a soil medium. Uh, added on to that, there's a sort of organic component, which is instead of using artificial fertilizers in that water stream, you're using organic material to grow. So this would be um, a possible use for the like empty factories and, 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 and I can things tell like you, that, essentially? Yes. Not and to I, and I can, go too far afield. But. And I can tell you what that company actually did go forward with a project and they did an install in Meriden and they had an innovations grant from the state of Connecticut, which we missed out on because we didn't take advantage of it. And this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, when we talk about me taking on the economic development role, I can't wait to go out there and knock on the doors of companies like this that can so fundamentally change our local economy. Okay. Um, Mr. Uh, Rasslin, you have the, the last question to pose uh, to Mayor Cassetti. Go ahead. Mr. Cassetti, the future of our children and the next generation, the responsibility for their success resides right here in our city hall, the decisions that get made in our city hall. When we look at your proposed budget this year to cut funding for the library, 75%, and I look out into the future and I say, this is an economy that's getting more competitive. We're competing inter internationally. We're competing with automation, robotics. To succeed today uh, is, is more difficult than it was 50 years ago. And yet, when you look at the state of funding, underfunding, cutting, cuts to the Boys and Girls Club, cuts to the libraries, cuts to the after-school programs, and now we'll go back, and you can say you increase funding, but in my own business, if I have to service more customers, if I have to expand my business, I don't care that I increase the funding to my, to, to, to my organization because relative to the, the service that I have to deliver, I haven't kept pace. And your underfunding of education by $1.6 million is double the historic average of underfunding for our school system. So my question is, how can you assure residents that we're doing everything we can to make sure that the next generation coming up is prepared to succeed in a more competitive economy. I, I will definitely give the children the money they need for the board, for the education. You talked about the library. There was two parts. You talk about closing the library. First of all, the library is a $500,000 budget. 400000 of that is the salaries for the people there. Have you gone to the library? There's nobody there. Very frequently. There's I go nobody to the there. The only, only services being held is for the children in the children's library. But most of the library is empty. A few people come in to read the newspapers, but that's where we needed to cut if, if I was going to do anything. And that was a worst case scenario. As far as education is concerned, I have, I already stated, I've already funded education more than any mayor before me, and that's a known fact. But listen, 
We are 34% minority in Ansonia. 26% of us are on fixed income. That's 60% of our population. We have a different demographics in Ansonia than we do in Stanford or, or other towns that you lived in. The other 40%, 27%, more than 27%, I talked to them. They don't want their taxes raised. They told me. So, you know, we got to look to see where we can do this. But for, for the most part, we're, we're, we're taking care of education and we're funding education. Mr. Aslan, any follow-up? I'd like to say that one of the primary reasons why I chose the neighborhood where I did was because that library was there, and I frequent that library every week. Now, when we talk about funding again 1.6 million dollars under funding if you go back and look at the historic average over the last maybe be eight hundred thousand dollars we have underfunded education for far too long now we need to be we need to go beyond that we need to go beyond the basics of funding we need to think about what is it that we can offer here what are the unique learning opportunities that we can offer here in ansonia that go beyond the basics but if you want to talk about making sure that we keep the tax rate stable, there's no better investment that we can make than in our education system. And if we want to look after the long-term interests of those who are on fixed incomes, it's within our responsibility to make sure that we're making those investments that give us the best return on our money, to make sure that we're getting the grand list growing sufficiently, because even though people are in a position where they're on fixed incomes, which by the way, I know there's abatement for, for elderly in this city, and I just spoke to a resident yesterday, which was saying that they, they're, they're, they're unhappy with the way that that's been advertised because a lot of people don't know that it exists. So we, an investment in education is an investment in making sure that we stabilize the tax rate in the long term. Mayor Cassetti, any yeah, response quickly? You know, the state has underfunded us, uh, the unfunded mandates, and uh, for millions of dollars from education. We haven't gotten any money from them, hardly. I mean, everything is on the backs of the residents of Ansonia. And as I stated before, w the demographics that we got here, you can't get blood from, from a stone. I'd like to just make a, a short follow-up on that, if that's okay. Very quickly. The, uh, just a, a correction. We, we barely get anything from the state. We get $26 million of our Board of Education budget comes from the state. That's I wouldn't call that barely anything. No, $16 million. Yeah. We get $16 million from the state. $26 million in grants. The 16, yep. Right. Yep. But if them dried up, where would we be? Exactly my point, which is why we need to make sure we maintain a reserve fund for things exactly like that so we don't have to give our, edu our, our future generation uh, a big cut to their future prospects. Okay. Uh, now that we've done... Uh candidates questions to each other now all ask some questions uh, we've prepared several directed specifically to one candidate or the other but we'll allow each candidate to respond to his opponent's answers as 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 uh, as we go forward uh, I'll start uh, with mr. Rasslan uh, mr. Rasslan uh, as the mayor was just sort of touching on this uh, Ansonia it's an economically distressed former factory town it's almost semi-rural in places, but it's also got you know an urban core uh, in others. Uh, it's diverse. It's complicated with respects to you know socioeconomics and demographics. Um, you have zero municipal experience, government-wise, and you've lived here for less than three years. So how do you answer that uh, concern from people who say you don't have the experience to do the job? Yeah. So. I think um, 
when you look at what's what, if you break down, what is it the components that are necessary to succeed in the office of a mayor? Um, and you say you you need somebody with uh, the ability to bring people together, the ability ability to make sure that we can play on the com- community pride, bring people together uh, uh, to 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 improve the neighborhoods. Uh, you know, they say it, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, you know, it takes a village to build a community as well. Um, and my volunteer experience, my my philanthropic experience in the neighborhoods here already, but also going back in my history, uh, will play to that in terms of me being able to lead in that capacity. I would say that you need somebody with a strategic and and economic mindset, uh, to say how, what, what is it going to take to make sure that, uh, we grow our economy sufficiently so that we can get tax rate stability in Ansonia. Uh, my background in economics, my background in finance and investments and real estate uh, will work perfectly in terms of my ability to lead uh, as mayor for those reasons. All right. uh, mayor Cassetti, any, any follow-up or response to Mr. Uh, Rasslin's uh, answer? Or uh, you want me to just ask you? You know, you're, you've been here two years. You, you really don't know the demographics of the people. I mean, you, you say that you're out and you're talking to them, but... Uh, I've, I'm out talking to them, and I'm getting a different perspective on different things. So I don't know, you know, what the deal is, Mr. Rasslin. Any okay? So or you know, just not not to that particular. But what um, when we talk about the demographics of Ansonia, we have a situation where uh, we have a higher than average poverty rate in Ansonia. Um, that's something that we need to pay attention to. We need to we need to think about how do we make sure that our entire community rises. You know, economic development is important. It's not the only it's not the only thing that that's involved when it comes to making sure that every single part, every single uh, group within our within our community here is able to rise up. Their prospects. What do their job prospects look like? What are we making sure that our do we have adequate senior housing? Uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that we need to be making sure that. When I say, to me, Ansonia is a bellwether for the country, um, and the challenges that we face here in Ansonia are the same kinds of challenges that are being faced in towns and cities like ours across the country. And so we need to make sure that, you know, what happens here matters. It, happen- it matters even more so the, than, than just the success of Ansonia. It matters in terms of our ability, if, that if we do get it right here, that we have the ability to inspire other cities and towns just like ours. Hi, this is Eugene, most likely interrupting myself to bring you a message from our sponsor. What will you be remembered for? Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. It's an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. Now back to the show. Okay. Uh, next question to Mayor Cassetti. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mayor Cassetti, uh, you have two people on your Team Cassetti ticket who were convicted of crimes well into adulthood. Uh, how would you reassure voters who may see potential issues with integrity in government 
that would result in having two people with convictions in the administration of the city. I don't I don't see it a problem. They served their time. They did what they had to do. They are outstanding individuals. I know one of them is my brother. Um, he did what he had to do. I mean, he is... Uh, a, a wonderful person, and he loves the city. He served on the Democratic Party for many years as alderman, and now he's running with me uh, because he wants to see the, the city change, and he's here to help me. So I, I don't think there's any problem with integrity on either part. Mr. Rastlin, any response? or No. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rastlin, in the 2015 election, the, Republic, the Republican Board of Aldermen uh, and the mayor uh, sort of taking money out of the fund balance was essentially the cornerstone of the Democratic nominee's campaign, yet he lost by more than 2,000 votes. Uh, you've made a lot of the issue again this year during your campaign. Why do you think it will resonate with voters now when it didn't in 2015? No, I don't know that that's a central... I don't know that that's a central point in my campaign. I think that's something that's one important issue in terms of the financial stability of the city, which directly, you know, I think one of the challenges is making sure that residents understand that the financial management of the city translates directly into their own tax liability into their wallet. And uh, going and talking with people directly, explaining to them, look, you know, the cost of, of running a city rises every year. If your grand list does not go, grow sufficiently, these short-term measures, the borrowing uh, of millions of dollars for standard operating budget items, the spending down of the savings account, um, these things are short-term measures that are not going to give you long-term tax relief. And we're not getting the kind of economic growth that we need. Letting people understand that that you know that failing to address those long-term financial uh, concerns will directly translate into tax rate uncertainty. Um, but there are many aspects uh, to my campaign that go way beyond that, and I hope that we can get these facts out there for everybody to make their own assessment and whether or not they feel like that's a concern for them, and move on to many of the uh, much more important aspects. It was how we, you know, how do we go about growing our economy successfully here in Ansonia. Okay, Mayor Cassetti, anything to say about that? Our finances, specifically? our finances in the city of Ansonia, I said it two years ago and I'll say it again this year, are rock solid. There's nothing to worry about. Our grand list is growing and after revaluation, it's going to grow even more. So I'm satisfied with the way things are going. And so are the residents of Ansonia. Okay, uh, Mayor Cassetti, I'll... I can I ask a follow-up? Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. This is Eugene for anybody... Off camera, right? yes. Watching at home. For Tarek... I just did a story from uh, about Derby. Yeah, S and P Global Ratings, uh, right. the, the ratings firm, yeah. gave Derby a negative outlook, and they cited the chaos in Hartford, the budget stalemate, and depleted reserves. When I got that document, I eagerly went in there to see if Ansonia was going to be on that list too, because it would be an expanded story. But Ansonia wasn't on there yet. Derby was right. Doesn't that prove what Mayor Cassetti is saying, that the fund balance is strong and that the city's on good fiscal footing? Yeah, I mean, so when it comes to the grand list and when I wrote my op-ed, uh, you know, a week ago, I, I make clearly, I clearly state that, you know, the, the average is between 8 and 10 percent. And right now, which we don't know right now, but even if we were to extrapolate out from the last budget deficit. If we assume that the last budget deficit reported $3.2 million in 2016 continued on uh, into the following year, 
at the same rate, that would still put us in a healthy territory right now. And what I expressed in my article previously is not necessarily the challenge of where we are now, but in this latest budget, they call for another $3.5 million spending down uh, from the savings, the reserve fund. That would then put us, you know, if that trajectory is, is constant, that would put us in dangerous territory by the end, by summer of next year. Now, we don't know because we won't see those numbers until uh, sometime. But, you know, when you look at areas surrounding us and you say, you know, the, the object should be to build the reserves or keep them stable, not to plunder them to the extent that we have. Or if you are going to use those funds, uh, you know, use them for something that's going to fundamentally change the economic trajectory of our city. Uh, you know, not put you know sort of seventeen dollars a month savings for for taxpayers. Can I yeah. just one more follow up to that? It's Eugene again. Uh, in, in, for that S and P story, I yeah. talked to a financial advisor for Derby. I believe it was Phoenix Advisors, and he said, "Well, you don't want to use fund balance to stabilize taxes. No. You know, you don't you, you don't want to do that." And he went through this whole long thing, and and I said, "Well." Isn't that what Ansoni is doing? Aren't you because Derby had used it to to purchase land? Right. He said that was okay, but then he said, to my surprise, well, actually, Ansonia has been replenishing their fund right. balance Correct. when it goes up. And I don't know. I mean, it's Phoenix Advisors. I don't know right. if he. Yeah. So how do you uh, respond to to him saying that actually that that, that they're okay with what they're doing? I, I and, didn't, and I didn't, think, sorry, I didn't understand that they replenish the the fund balance yes. with what. With money, what they take, they put back what they take out, according to this yeah. financial advisor. Okay, I mean, when you look at the the 2016 audit, it shows a 3.2 million. We're doing no no electronics, no, right? I'm just, yeah. I, All right. Thing was thing. Relax, kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we just agreed to a format, and I just want to make sure. And yeah, okay. please don't call me a kid because we're both adults at this table, I believe. Um, when it comes to uh, spending with the grand list. All I can rely on is what we see in the audits. Those audits don't lie. And what I would go with was Mayor Cassetti's own budget consultant, um, which was Tom, Tom Thompson, Tom Thompson, who came out and said himself that when he looked at the budget, that this was getting very low and this was in dangerous territory. For that one year, Mr. Raslin. Whatever it is. I, I take it for what it, that's all the quote that I saw. Right. So that, and it was for one year. Well, I, I wanted to touch on this later, but I, we might as well ask now, uh, you know, the the original budget for 2017-2018 planned to take $4 million out of the fund balance. Uh, that was later lowered to about 3.5. And yes, during that alderman's meeting, Tom Thompson said, right. that's very dangerous. Uh, and you've said, well, we won't do that anymore. How can you assure voters that you won't dip into the reserves it, again in light of the fact that you have every year by increasing amounts. It, it was budgeted. We ended up putting a million back. We had a million dollar surplus this year. I, I already said it earlier in the conversation. Come to my office. I'll show you that we had a million dollar surplus. Okay? That, that, Why don't that's you just publish trade. it for the public, for the entire public to see? All right, we will. Yeah. We will. But, but I'm telling you right now, there is not a deficit in the city of Ansonia. I don't work on deficits. Except in 2016 when you did. No, that money, that's what was budgeted. That's what was budgeted, and we didn't use all that money, so we put it back into the reserve fund. Okay, uh, next question, uh, Mayor Cassetti. Uh, in 2012, the Valley Indy reported a story that revealed questionable ta practices by the city's tax collector under the previous administration. Uh, she was allowed to retire. 
Uh, but in January of this year, her successor also retired amidst an investigation into several hundred dollars that had gone unaccounted for related to, quote, several irregularities regarding the accounting of funds. Um, there hasn't been any substantive updates since. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, what's the status of that investigation and what steps has the city taken to make sure the tax office is on the up and up? We hired a new tax collector, and she's taking care of things. Um, we have people overseeing her. Uh, the, the old tax collector retired, as he said. The, yes, there was like $700 unaccounted for, and it's still under police investigation. Uh, Mr. Raslin, any response or follow-up to that? Or I just think that um, anybody that's experienced uh, unethical behavior within an organization uh, knows how difficult it is. Uh, to be able to recover from those and reestablish a culture of transparency. Uh, and I think that you can't have a more, uh, you, you, there's no highest priority within a government to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that we're doing everything we can to make sure that we have protocols in place uh, that, that assure, um, assure taxpayers that, that, that things are being run properly. Okay. Uh, Mr. Rasslin, I'll put the next question to you. Uh, in a recent letter to the editor, you said you'll save the city $500,000 on day one of being mayor, including the elimination of the economic development director's position. In response, Alderman Frank DeLibero wrote a letter saying that the economic development director, Sheila O'Malley, has spearheaded a spectacular explosion of business development in our city, brought in over $19 million in grant funds, and overseen the expansion of Ansonia's <laughs> grand list. So how do you ex answer the charge that such a step would be short-sighted and, as Mr. DeLibro <clears throat> said, quote, comes with the risk of derailing economic development activity in Ensodia? Right. And so when you look at economic development, so uh, I can say this, you know, another thing that I would say uh, to, to Mayor Cassetti, that one of the things that I think they've done very well um, is in their ability to work with the state, to uh, Linda Gentile, our representative Linda Gentile, and the federal agencies to be able to secure uh, some fantastic grant money coming into the city. That's something that I would love to see continue. Um, and in that letter, I did uh, say that I would be adding, or not adding, but maintaining the position of a grant writer for the city. I think, in fact, that that position is so important that it should be a full-time role, not a divided role between economic development director and grant writer. We need to make sure that we're doing everything we can because our budget is so tight to be bringing in that money uh, from other sources. So, uh, and then when you talk about uh, grandless growth again, uh, you know, this, the, the activity that we're seeing with some uh, restaurant turnover downtown is good. That's good things. The, uh, the entrance of the rug pads, that's good. Um, the, uh, some of the, the restaurants downtown, I think we all enjoy. But if you look at the trajectory of the grand list, it's actually, it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, it's not enough to sustain a stabilized mill rate. And actually, it's below uh, the historic average significantly. Uh, and it's actually, uh, be, if you go outside of our immediate neighbors, is uh, you know also you know not not too impressive. But what I would say in terms of my own capacity to deliver on this role, and I again would say that it would be beneficial for the residents of Ansonia to have both their chief executive officer and their uh, economic development director working within the same office, and that that to me 
when you look at what economic development entails in a city like ours, it's going out there, talking with businesses, pitching our city, working on each individual neighborhood, thinking about what's missing from those neighborhoods to make sure that we get property prices rising in all, in all sections of our city. Uh, and I think my background, finance, marketing, economics, and real estate will work perfectly in terms of making sure that we actually can try to meet our targets. It would take $28 million a year in grand list growth to be able to offset the $4.2 million in spending increases that came under Mayor Cassetti's administration. That's a very high target. Uh, we need to make sure that we're being as innovative as possible to make sure that we can try to attain that target. You can't do it with just new development. You got to bring up the whole city. And to me, my real estate background will be perfect in making sure that we can do that. America said, yeah. And, and by in, in your response, uh, like this has come up again and again. And uh, just according to like the Connecticut data collaborative, uh, the grand list 2000. Uh, to 2001, it was about $606.9 million. Uh, when you, your first year in office is about $892 million. So, you know, this comes up again and again, uh, you know, under the last administration, the grand list grew a lot more, you know, in, in response. How would you respond to, to, to that? That was the times. I mean, it was an economic explosion in the early 2000s. And then the, the bottom fell out near the end of that decade. I mean, right now we're growing the grand list. I know that it's not to his liking, but at least it is growing. And with revaluation coming up, it's going to grow even more. So, and like, just by way of follow-up and not to like belabor it, but it does come up a lot. So I just want to be clear. Sure. Like if, it, you know, the grand list, obviously, yeah, it's a reflection of, of, you know, the boom and bust real estate cycle, right. I guess. So, so, so how could you say that? And then also say, Hey, the grand list is growing. Like, is, is there a, well, we're bringing, trade we're, like, we're bringing in companies. Listen, the previous administration, do you think they went and advocated and, 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 and to sell the city? No, they didn't. I'm out selling the city. I went to Farrell's. They were leaving. They stayed because I got them what they needed. Better packages. I talked to them. They they wanted to come to Ansonia. Road-ready cars. I know Ron, Ron Saracena from my boxing days. Ron, come to Ansonia. I made a deal with Ford. Ford wanted $2 million for that property. We got him down to a million six where he was able to afford it. I negotiated with them, and we brought road-ready here. I mean, we're starting to build the grand list. I mean, it's, it's probably not to my opponent's appeal, but we're at least we're growing it. And, and Mr. Rasslin, I just wanted to, mm. uh, you know, I'll allow you to answer, but just uh, as well, uh, if you could talk about, uh, you talked about like the the administration spending increases. Um, they did, you know, go up to about $64.1 million in 2016, 2017. But then in the, the budget recently passed, it went back down to about $61.4 million. And this, this, this is the budget. Right, right. Um, so is it, is it deceptive to say like, oh, they increased spending $4 million when it, it came back down according to the recent budget? Yeah, so be, before I'll, I'll, I'm going to answer yeah, that, yeah. but... With regard to grandless growth, it's not about whether it's to my liking or not. It's about whether or not the grandless growth is sufficient to stabilize the tax rate in our city. We talk about when I go and knock on doors, uh, eight out of 10 times when I ask people what's the issue that's most important to them, they talk about taxes. Now I say, what, it, what is it going to take in order to stabilize our tax rate long term? And in order to stabilize the tax rate long term, we need to make sure that our grand list is growing sufficiently to cover the rising cost of city services. 
Now, we can calculate very clearly what that would cost. And by my measure, from your own spending trajectory, the $4.2 million increase from when you came in until the last audit came out, it would take $28 million in grand list growth every year. Now, you've averaged $2 million. It's not about whether that's to my liking or not. That's about whether or not we're on a sustainable trajectory. And that, you know, that's, that's about you know, simple math. With, with, with regard to uh, the issue about budgets and, and, and spending, there's a, an enormous variance between what is budgeted and what actually gets spent. And again, if people go back to the 2016 audit, which was the last available published audit, you can see that that year had budgeted uh, expenses for $62 million. What was actually spent was $70 million. So that's an $8 million variance from what was projected to be spent versus what was actually spent. And so when uh, you know members of uh, uh, Cassetti's administration say to me that, oh, well, we, we reined in our budget. Well, uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, because sometimes the reality, and, and not sometimes, in, in the past, the reality has been very different from what has been budgeted. I mean, I guess the, the only follow-up, like the, we have the budget in front of us, I guess, the 2017-2018 budget, which was right. $61.4 million. So you're saying essentially that's just... Yeah, the budgets we, we are, can't believe that. Or? The budgets are to me are pie in the sky because you can I can budget anything I want. <laughs> I can say that you know my revenue is going to go here and my expenses are going to go here, but when we look at what was actually spent, that's the trajectory that we need to be paying attention to, and that's where you can see that spending has increased four point two million dollars from the time that Mayor Cassetti's taken office. America said any when I came when I came to office the budget was 62 million it's now 61 million the budget so, yeah. the budget yeah. okay I mean I'm building up to build down okay if you, in, or, in other words I want to build the grand list up to keep taxes down that's what I that's what my focus is and how I do that is through economic development and then um, America said I'll on I'll, I'll, I'll Give the next the, the next question is to you and is sort of related to that issue. Uh, during your first campaign to ma for mayor, you linked the city's high tax rate to an unsettling spending problem is what you called it. Uh, several steps you promised to make as mayor during that campaign uh, haven't come to fruition. Uh, hiring a city manager, abolishing the tax board, uh, establishing a cost cutting commission, uh, publishing the city and school board checkbooks online, as well as establishing a five-year budget outlook. Um, why? Why hasn't that? Why haven't well, those steps been taken? Well, I, I did form the cost-cutting commission, and it didn't pan out. I do want to sh uh, put the right people on the cost-cutting commission. I feel that the cost-cutting commission there the, weren't the right members. N I do want to form it again. I really do, and I want to put a, uh, put the right people on. Didn't you appoint those? The members yes, I, that were yes, on I it, did. So. Yes, I did, and they just didn't pan out. I mean, you had. Can I ask a follow-up question about that? Guy, you said that same thing with Edward Adamowski in the debate in uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. What's the delay in setting up that cost commission? I want the right people, Eugene. I I do want the right people that are going to be on there, so we could really look at cost savings. So I don't. I can't just put anybody in. I, I mean, I want I want the right people in there. And then uh, what about those other, you know, putting the checkbooks online? Well, isn't that well, th easy? that's really, you know, I've asked the Board of Education, explain, you know, put it on. They, they haven't responded to me. And could the city checkbook 
be put online? I don't know. I, I don't know if I would want to do that. And then what about... Uh, Why? I don't know. I don't... I don't think, you know, if, if anybody wants to know what our finances are, my door is always open. I have an open door policy. I'll be able to sh- bring you to finance and show you whatever you want to look look at. But, I mean, wouldn't the ultimate open door essentially be putting it on the website so that literally anybody, so you wouldn't have to go down physically to City Hall and ask for I guess you're right, yeah. There. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, do you think that'll happen? Uh, you know, either. I got too many other things that I'm, I'm more concerned about. Okay, and anything uh, uh, in addition to the to those other steps that you had outlined while campaigning for mayor originally, uh, abolishing the tax board. Well, city we manager. did we did shift the tax board over. I mean, to whereas their duties and their powers were limited because it went to the board of aldermen to decide on the budget. That's who that's who I wanted to decide on our budget every year was the board of aldermen, not the tax board. Okay, and that was a, a referendum uh, right. question, question during Correct. that same election. Correct. Well, all these would have to probably go to referendum. Uh, Mr. Raslin, any response to, to, the, to the mayor's response? Yeah. Um, running a city is uh, a, a, an incredibly challenging job, me- making sure that we're uh, meeting the targets that we have. Uh, you know, really the responsibility for making sure that not just our city, our state, and our country uh, remain successful and viable, uh, rests on the shoulders of, of our city halls. Um, and so uh, it just struck me when uh, Mr. Cassetti was talking about uh, making sure that we have the right people appointed to boards and commissions. Um, I believe that we have the capacity within this city and, and uh, to make sure that we have the skills and the talent within this city to make sure that we can do a good job. Uh, and so it, 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 I don't understand why so many members on the boards and commissions are repeat members. You know, you see the same person on, on you know, two or three boards when, why aren't we reaching out to the broader community making sure that we're operating our government as inclusive as possible? I, I know that we can meet the challenges that we have on our table if we do that. Okay. Any? Response? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of repeat members on different boards. I mean, because these are people that have actually come to me and asked me to be put on boards. I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of people in Ansonia, um, but these are people that come in to ask me that they would like to serve on the board, so I put them on the board. Okay, uh, Mr. Raslin. Uh, the next question will go to you. Can, we, uh, can I interrupt for a second? Go ahead, Eugene. I just I'll... don't want to get away. Maybe I missed it at the beginning of the podcast, but. Uh, Tarek just brought it up again in the last couple of minutes. You said that the most important or the, mo- the thing you hear the most about when you're knocking on doors is taxes. Uh, and I'm, I, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying Mayor Cassetti got elected because of taxes and promising to keep taxes stable in Ansonia. But, uh, you know, you took some heat from some of the mayor's supporters for making a statement in public at a school board meeting where you basically said uh, raising taxes and I'm paraphrasing, and you'll have the, the chance to clarify, yeah. wouldn't be a bad thing. And then the first question the mayor asked you was about taxes, and uh, I'm not sure I understood the answer. Where do you stand right. uh, on taxes? Yeah. And how do you, I mean, I guess that's the question. Yeah, yeah. so the statement was made at, the, uh, at, the, at a budget hearing last year, and basically we were uh, sitting in a, in, in a position where we had uh, hundreds of uh, parents that were there to advocate on behalf of their children. We had alumni of our school systems that had gone on to be successful 
all lobbying to say that we need to properly fund our schools. Again, last year we underfunded our school system by $1.6 million, uh, very uh, you know, significant in terms of the historic average. Uh, what I said, and this is me coming from uh, the perspective of somebody who uh, pays taxes, was at the time was paying taxes on three properties, um, has <clears throat> excuse me, no, uh, no kids in the school system, so not claiming on those services, but just purely from a financial self-interested perspective that I know that investments in our school system translates into greater savings because my property values will either, you know, go up or, or, or be preserved. When the headline goes out that we're laying off teachers, when the headline goes out that we're, you know, potentially shuttering the doors on our library, that tells the world that we don't value education, whether it's reality or perception. The perception is that we don't value our education system. That's going to translate into lost value uh, that the small amount of tax savings that we get from whatever is being proposed um, would, would peril in comparison to. So what I said, and this is me speaking as a property investor, is saying that myself would be happy to pay. It hasn't deterred me as an investor uh, to come here. Okay. And that is essentially the argument. And going back to some of the things that have been spoken about here is that there are segments of our of our population that need to be shielded. So we need to get very creative when it comes to tax policy here to make sure that we get the right balance, shielding those people that need to be protected, making sure that we can simultaneously incentivize uh, you know people to come in, that we're making the proper investments in our community, and we're not putting our, ourselves in a position where we're going to become you know financially uh, unsustainable. Uh, to me, the most important thing, the job number one, really for a city, should be the financial stability of the city. Would you raise taxes if elected? I think you. you I, it was a yes or no. This was asked before, and I don't mean to to dumb yeah. down the conversation, but a lot of people are just. Would you raise taxes if elected mayor, or would you would you advocate? I have to see. Would I have to see what what comes forward in the budget, and so uh, you know, I would I wouldn't say yes or no to that question because. Um, you'd really have to see what what does the what are, what are the projections look like, you know. I I wouldn't be opposed to raising taxes if I had to in order to maintain this financial stability of the city. And then what um, would if, you if, cut if, in spending because the the you know we're, we were talking a lot about spending, uh, and you know we sit through these tax board meetings uh, in in all the towns in the valley, and uh, you know it, it seems painful every year. Uh, it's beyond my. Uh, financial ability obviously but what would you cut what yeah. where do you where's the fat in this budget every year uh yeah again i mean i think to me it's important to invest in those things in the community that are going to get things growing and um you know it's easy to say that you're going to cut this and this and this but the reality is that the the the, the hard task of actually growing our tax base is where I'd be wanting to spend the majority of my time. Are there opportunities where I think that there's some there's some efficiencies that can be gained? Absolutely. I said I'd uh, put five hundred thousand dollars on the table in, in day one. I was disappointed to hear that Mayor Cassetti wouldn't wouldn't make that pledge to me to to forego those post employment benefits. Um, I would be getting those cost savings out of City Hall directly. Five hundred thousand dollars is not a small deal when it comes to that funding being potentially able to go to our school system, to be able to fund the after-school programs, to be able to fund our library. Now, when we talk about tax savings, 
the holy grail is obviously regionalization in the Naugatuck Valley. It's, it's evaded, uh, uh, you know, many, bef uh, not, not just this administration, but many bef that came before them. Now, one of the things that I would say is within my skill set is I'm a deal maker. In my line of business, uh, this is a relationship-oriented business. Um, I know how to bring people together and make deals. And I know that when it comes to the very difficult challenges of regionalization, that we need to make sure that we're exploring opportunities for what I call soft regionalization. We need to say, what are some of the smaller things that we can do, maybe supplemental at first, things that actually add to the community services uh, that we can offer our residents before we go after the really tough ones, which is to say, you know, how do we actually make some cost savings here if there are indeed cost savings to be had? Okay. okay um, thank you. Mayor Cassetti, yep. I wanted to get your, because uh, you've, you've brought up regionalization before. Regionally, we're working on it. So give us some details. We're, right now, it. we're working with the education. Joe, uh, uh, Fifth Ward <clears throat> Alderman Joe Jowman is setting stuff up for regionalizing with the school system. They're, they're fighting us back and forth. I'm looking at public works. If I'm elected again, I'm looking to combine with Derby, Public Works, regionalization there. I've been trying to talk to Mayor Degada, and you know she says to me, oh, we work good together. I asked her point blank, what have we done together? We've done absolutely nothing. I talked to you in 2014 about bringing in that sewer line from Derby and, and, and regionalizing there. I mean, we have uh, two 400,000 vats that are empty in our sewage treatment plant, and we can bring them in from Derby. Uh, the state will give us all the money. That's, that's fallen by the wayside. Everybody I try to talk to about regionalizing certain things, there's a roadblock put up. So I guess, I mean... Is, 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 is it just a question of like we can't like there just seems to every time this is discussed going back to, you know, to the, before you were mayor, uh, you know, I remember going to a, a meeting between the boards of education in Derby and Ansonia. And it was it was all, you know, great theoretical savings and everything. But, you know, there are, isn't aren't there just too many vested interests? It's the I mean, mindset. So, it's the so, mindset of the people. So I don't how do know you why. change that? I, guess. I mean, we got to work and we got to show the true numbers. We got to bring out the numbers and say, look, at we could save millions upon millions, tens of millions of dollars if we regionalize. And I believe we can. But, you know, we got to bring them to the table. And we're about, Ethan, we're, we're about at the 90, if I'm doing my math correctly, it's 1230. So, okay. Uh, you go a couple more. I don't know what else you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, I, I, I guess the AC off. Too, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've had yeah. For the first ninety <laughs> minutes, we heard the thing run, and now we don't hear it running. I no just more. wanted to just uh, like with respect to economic development, uh, Mr. Rastlin, you've talked a lot about that uh, over the course of your campaign, uh, and you've set out an ambitious vision in which you say communities like Ansonia need to essentially transform economically. Uh, just reading a quick passage from your website, it says, quote, we will work with residents, businesses, and in learning institutions to create an entrepreneurship ecosystem that helps foster an innovative startup community in Ansonia. The goal is to connect residents with passions and ideas to local training opportunities, make spaces, workspaces, grant money, and business mentors. We will also work to reduce commuting times and expand access to existing high-paying job markets through transportation investments. Uh, you know, you clearly set out the the goal, the end game, I guess. But what are some 
specific concrete steps that you could say once I if I'm elected mayor, I'll, I'll do X to help get there. Yeah. And I think it comes down to it comes down to a change in mindset to realize that every single every single aspect of running a city is an interconnected web of community. And if we can unlock that, if we can bring the different silos together so that uh, public works understands that, uh, you know, that what they do impacts education and education understands that what they do impacts economic development and what we do with economic development impacts education. These things are all interconnected in a way that, that if, we, if, we, if we hone in on that and we understand you know, how to make these things not just operate in silos, but that everybody's got skin in the game with, with regards to how they perform, um, I think we start seeing outcomes where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And uh, I'll, I'll, ju I'll just use sort of like one example uh, to try to illustrate how that would work. Um, you take our, our nature center, for example. This is an existing asset that, that, is already, that already has is held in high regard. That's something that the residents of Ansonia uh, pay for it with our tax dollars. And, um, but it's something that the rest of the surrounding towns can come and, and use for free. Um, to me, that's sort of, uh, sort of odd that, that a less affluent town is, is funding more affluent towns to be able to use our recreation facility. And, what I would, and this is an example of soft regionalization at the same time, which is to say, let's go in and have a conversation with Woodbridge. Let's go and have a conversation with Seymour and say, hey, guys, we got a really special thing going on here. Why don't we pool some money together and enhance this program? Why don't we look at and, and try to say, let's not make this just a, uh, you know, a sort of a recreation center, one that's geared for, towards younger students and some of the, the trail management. But let's say, what, 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 do we, what can we do to turn this into a center for real significant ecological research. These are things that are going to fundamentally uh, change the, 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 the prospects for a young kid in high school that might be interested in going into ecology. Um, so all of the components for our community come together in a system like that. What we did in, in Friends of Gaddison Park, for example, uh, was to say uh, to the Nature Center, hey, you know, a lot of the kids in this neighborhood can't get up to the Ansonia Nature Center. What would it take in order for us to do a nature in the park series so that we bring the Nature Center to them? Now, all of a sudden, those kids don't just, you know, it's not just available up on Hilltop, but those kids have access to explore the nature and the science that's right around them. When it comes to the more sort of serious stuff about, about business growth here, we have enormous... Um, assets when it comes to learning institutions. You go up to Emmett, Emmett O'Brien and see the facilities they have up there. It's a university quality institution. How do we make sure that the kids that are graduating out of our high school systems with ideas, when they go out and they go to college, that they're thinking about Ansonia and the prospects to say, you know, what are the, some of the opportunities that I want to go and learn about and bring back with me to Ansonia? Isn't and, that happening to some, to some extent, though? Is, isn't that happening naturally at, at, at Emmett O'Brien, some of the things you're mentioning? Yeah, and so, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, maybe you can speak to, to, to more detail about those things, but, build, you know, building on those, on, on, on those connections to say, you know, it's good to, to give grant money to big business, but also how can we channel some of that grant money to help smaller business, startup business community, uh, uh, you know, occur here, not just restaurants and retail, but, you know, innovation and in, in the kinds of jobs that are leading in this, in this, you know, this century. Okay. Um, 
America said any response to that uh, answer specifically? I mean, I mean, you know, I'd love to bring the community together. But like I said, the demographics of our town is different than in Stanford or Westchester County. I mean, people, listen, I wanted to get more money for the Board of Education. So remember the letter I put in with the tax bill saying if you want to contribute, if you think that education should get more money, well, how much, how did that work out for them? How much money did they get? They didn't get anything. See, it's hard to bring people together. I mean, I'm working on it. I'm doing what I could do. Okay. And then uh, speaking of economic development, you know, you've you've said that the grand list has increased according to the, the numbers Correct. Uh, since you took office, uh, $9.78 million according to the budget numbers. Um, yet, despite that, the city was still forced to go through the, the quote unquote worst case scenario budget this right. year with painful cuts to a number of departments. Um, obviously, the state budget being up in the air and, and, and that whole fiasco played a part. But even with the grand list increasing, these painful decisions need to be made. So why, how and why can you fix that uh, you know, going forward? Well, you know, with the grand list growing, with the grand list growing, we're, we're, there's probably going to be some more cuts next year on, on certain departments. I mean, but I won't touch public safety. I don't want to touch public safety because people rely on that. And, and they've, been the, they've been very vocal about it. But, I mean, we may have to look at the library again. I mean, there's a few things that we may have to do. Uh, Mr. Any quick response just on that issue? Or should we yeah, go Yeah, to- it's always a, it's, it's a tough balance to say, you know, uh, I call it like penny wise and dollar foolish. And, uh, you know, where is where does it make sense to invest such that we can we can actually stabilize the tax rate? Because you, it's very easy to fall into this downward spiral where with the intention of trying to keep, uh, you know, sort of show that you're making certain cuts um, actually translates into uh, holding back economic growth. And I think, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, there's a, there's a finesse to it and it, you, there's, you, there needs to be long-term strategic planning applied. And one of the, you know, uh, the things that I think that this city needs is a, is a long-term strategic plan, a master plan, which still is not in place after four years uh, uh, of Mayor Cassetti's administration. Um, and I, I don't understand how you can operate in any capacity when you don't have a vision of where you're going. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be you know pending to change, but you got to have you got to set your sights somewhere. You got to have an, a, a, at least a, a measure to say this is what success looks like. America said you just quickly, uh, you know, that this is something that's uh, come up in other communities we cover. Seymour is an example where they've come up with like a strategic long term strategic plan. Uh, and you're talking about not not for like how to develop downtown, but you're talking about like a set of fiscal policies that are written down and in place. Like what do we, can we def- Which what, one do we define What, what do we mean by strategic plan? Just Well, and I think in the case of Seymour, it's an all-encompassing type of thing. So there might be some economic development targets and ideas and, and strategies in there that, again, going back to what I was just saying, that realizing that all of these things actually are integrated and work together, that you can't, you know, sort of look at one of them sort of independently without thinking about the impacts on the other. I think that's what a strategic plan is supposed to encompass, and I think we need to have one if we're going to, you know, try to bring in, you know, real shifts in, in our economic trajectory. America study on the issue of the the strategic plan. Any yeah, response? Yeah, we're working. To that? We're, we are working on a strategic plan. We are working on a master development plan for the Ansonia Copper and Brass. There's, they're all interchanging parts. I mean, we're working on it. 
and it, like it, it isn't um, part of that process, you know, bringing the public in and, you know, asking, you know, public input. Why hasn't that happened, I guess, uh, in the past in the, since you've been mayor? I mean, I mean, we're doing many things. I mean, we're focused on re- really focused on economic development. That's where it really starts at. I mean, we want to build this city up. In another week or so, I'm going to have a big announcement at the Target site. I've already negotiated with the uh, developer over there. I'm not ready to let out any information, but the, it starts with economic development. That's the property near Chestnut Street. We Correct. had a story a couple of years ago saying that uh, the former... Uh, that Eclipse Development was right. uh, interested in, in redeveloping that. Right. Uh, okay, just to be clear on that. Um, okay, we've, as Eugene said, we, we've gone, been going at this about an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> really? You it's know, been that should long? we? We could go <laughs> we got, to. Uh, we got a couple of more minutes, actually. Can we ask about? Uh, <laughs> I can't add. That's why I'm a reporter. Can we just ask, in general, Mayor, uh, about? Uh, and I just mean in general. In general. First, we said we were going to put the police station right. across right. the uh, the river here from the Valley Indy office. Right. And then it was going to be uh, on the corner on Main Street. Still is. And, and then all of a sudden, the, the the guy that owns the, the parking lot next to it said, you can't park here. Well, there's, uh, a, there's a story behind all that. And then back in uh, the previous administration, well, people were voting to maybe keep the land at Olson Drive at as open space, and we've asked you this before. A lot of things, the, the, the residents are told one thing right. by the city government, and then another, that doesn't happen. Something else happens. Uh, how, how can you, are you concerned that people will lose faith in what's happening uh, in no. Ansonia because things keep changing? No, I, I don't think there's a problem with it changing. The problem over on Olson Drive is that there's a, it's a floodplain. They built them apartments back in the late 1950s, early 1960s, but then in 1967, they deemed it as a flood zone. So if anything ever happened there where them buildings came down, you couldn't do nothing with it. So we would have to bring in 250,000 cubic yards of fill to put this new police station up on top. I said, forget that. That's that, that's six years down the road. I says, why don't we look and see if we could grab the old feral engineering building and we could probably put even City Hall there because City Hall is way too small and make that a government building. Put the police on the second floor or the first floor and, and the and the city Hall or vice versa, it doesn't matter. So we're making the deal there. The problem with the parking lot, as my opponent has said, that we showed our cards too soon, he doesn't understand. They were trying to strong arm us. They wanted us to release the $2 million blight lien off of the processing lab, a building that had nothing to do with the deal. And I said, absolutely not. I have to look out for the residents of Ansonia. I'm not going to release that. So they got teed off and they said okay we're gonna block the parking lot off i says no we can go to court and we could get an injunction i talked to uh, attorney marini give him ten thousand dollars and tell him we'll take it for three months until we settle the deal and be done with this and that's exactly what we're doing but i guess why like this was all presented back in may as essentially a done deal if it wasn't a done deal why did you say why did you present it as such it was it was a done deal it's it's the other side trying to play hardball with us and i said absolutely not i'm not giving into that so it went back and forth so that's what happened even so, so doesn't that validate mr Rasslin's complaint then that 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 or criticism that you know, you put the cart before the horse, essentially? No, announced it absolutely not. Absolutely oh, so. not that. No, because the, it was their change of, what you call it, the, the, they changed their mind, not us. 
Okay, we so were set to go you're with you're this. You're saying they just pulled the rug out from under the city. They were, they were so, trying to, but they didn't succeed. Okay, Mr. Rasslin, go ahead. Yeah, this is another big issue that comes up on the campaign trail that I, I uh, a lot of people are unhappy with it. I mean, for it was when you first came into office in 2014 that, uh, that the plans were unveiled for an Olson Drive Emergency Services Center. If you go back in the record, you can see that people at that time had actually proposed, you know, that there could be some flood challenges there, which were never addressed or never, uh, you know, brought forward as being a potential issue. Two years went on, and uh, we went to referendum. And in fact, in the the mailer that you sent out to residents, said vote yes for a referendum to provide twelve million dollars in funding for Olson Drive. Now, after that advertisement went out. You guys switched the language to say or alternative location in the actual referendum, but it had been presented to residents for over two years as being on Olson Drive. Six months after that referendum takes place, you guys decide unilaterally that you're going to pull out on that deal. And within a month of when that proposal to go to 65 Main Street was presented to the public, you guys had a vote on it. So you didn't even have a chance to go and get feedback from the public as to whether or not they would support that. Now, the Board of Aldermen approved that, but again, talking to Eugene's point about, you know, are we bringing the public into the decision-making process on a $12 million bonding, uh, this has a lot of people upset, and I don't blame them. Uh, and I do think you guys showed your cards too early because you put yourself in a position where you came to the table saying that we have to go here. This was the only location that we that we can go to. And if I, you know... He, he did what a real estate developer investor would do, which is to, you know, you know to get the, the highest price he can. And if you look at what the city has that building appraised for was for a million and a half dollars in the assessor's office. You guys went and you know, said, you know, three to four million dollars. That was another thing. That thing got voted on uh, without having the, the deal terms even released to the public before the public hearing was made. Uh, and that, you know, it's just not the way to operate. And I and I and I. This is a big issue for the residents of Ansonia. They're, they're not happy about this. Mr. Mayor, go ahead. Yes, when, when, you're nego- when you're in a negotiating state, you don't show your cards. You're, you're, you're talking. I, I didn't want to divulge my cards. I mean, we said an al- either Olsen Drive or an alternate spot, another spot. It's, it was clear language in the referendum. In the so, referendum. And that's what they voted for. <clears throat> so it wasn't Olsen Drive. We had another area. I talked to Chief Hale about this, and Chief Hale was on board saying, yeah, you should put an alternate spot in there just in case this falls through but just in the run-up to that referendum it was said several times uh by members of the administration and aldermen that you had made a deal with the federal government to uh have like a lower density uh redevelopment of affordable housing on olson drive um but only if you put that public safety center there and then you know after the referendum it turns out Oh, we can move it to an alternate site, and that won't affect the redevelopment of Olson Drive. So, and, and so, just—I mean, does like the, weren't the residents not essentially given the complete information about that, and and that that deal never existed that that we know of, uh, if that if that turned out to be the case with respect to the redevelopment of Olson Drive. The reduced number of units. Right, deal. the reduced number of units. We're down to 54. But I've met with HUD. HUD knows that this is a flood zone. So now we're gonna, they're going to give us a chance to go through scattered sites throughout the city for, for these apartments. Yeah, but b- before the referendum, it was put to voters saying, 
oh, we, you have to vote yes for this or they'll, they won't allow such a lower density redevelopment. So they said uh, that, uh, that what, uh, yes, several, you know, the Alder, uh, attorney Marini said that at a public meeting, I don't, Alderman DeLibero said that, yeah. uh, in a letter to the editor. So yeah. they, they were mistaken, I guess yes. you would say. Yeah, because the deal was that that's a flood zone. We can't put the 54 units there. The, and I've already talked to HUD about getting that 54 units getting even lower to like 36 and then possibly doing a scattered sites all around the city. Or even I was thinking of the Peck School building, knocking that down, which we got money for, to knock that down and to put, put maybe 30 units there. And, and not to like harp on this, but like there were you had a very public uh, event at the high school where you unveiled plans for the redevelopment of Olson Drive. Uh, there were, you know, the housing authority got an architect to do uh, architectural plans, right, some yep. some, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yet, if, if why was all that money spent if the floodplain was always going to be an issue and development was going to be because none of those plans said we have to put you know a quarter million whatever of fill yards there. of fill so so why did those plans go forward i guess uh if they if it was always unfeasible to build there well they didn't know that i nobody really knew that until they went up to hartford and they said that's considered a floodplain i asked the question i said you already got the 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 riprap on the each side of the bank on each side why would this be a flood zone they said that it was deemed back in 1967 that it was a flood zone and that didn't come up until no nope, after after all those plans yeah okay uh any quick response to that or should we move on to closing statements yep no that's um okay. I, why don't we touch up why don't we talk about we, had, we have a lot that we didn't get to yeah uh just for anybody listening Tons. at home <laughs> what was that Tons. 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 Pages and pages of questions. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm looking at this Google document. Why don't we make the last one on uh, public safety, Ethan, the question about uh, uh, police, and then we'll do closing statements. Okay. That's okay if they're going to do like another 15 minutes at the most. Yeah, let me just scroll through this document, which will be uh, brilliant. This is scintillating okay. video right. for the people at home. <laughs> uh, just uh, Mayor Cassetti, uh, in the budget passed by the Alderman for 2017-2018, the police budget went down slightly, uh, 0.89%, $6.13 million to $6.08 million. Uh, during a budget hearing earlier this year, after the Republican alderman who heads the board's finance committee suggested that police hold off on filling two positions, uh, Police Chief Hale responded that a spate of shootings that had just occurred were directly connected to the department's undercover anti-crime unit not operating at its full staffing level as the department has prioritized putting uniform cops on the streets to answer to urgent calls. Uh, is the city putting enough money toward fighting crime? Absolutely. Absolutely. Chief Hale and me worked together. I served on the Board of Police Commission for 10 years, and me and Chief Hale have a good relationship. We are looking to hire four new, four more officers. There's already two in the academy. I swore one in last week. So we're looking to increase our force back to the levels it should be. Okay, Mr. Raslan, uh, in an August post on your campaign's Facebook page, uh, that generated a lot of discussion. You said, quote, did you know City Hall cut the police budget this year? Meanwhile, we have had nine shootings in the last two years. Cheaper isn't always better. Time to make a change. Uh, that post got shared a lot. And in the comments, many Republicans said that though the police department's budget 
did decrease slightly. They said the department's budget maintained funding for its full complement of officers. Uh, Mayor Cassetti just outlined, uh, you know, what he says are plans to, to return it to full force. So was it fair to lay the increase in shootings at the feet of the mayor and the board of aldermen? Uh, so that that particular piece was not a, a, a sort of a causation piece. That was to say that I don't know how you get to a point where you are dealing with uh, a spate of uh, an elevated spike of shootings taking place in the city. And you, you see the, those circumstances on the ground and you say, OK, now's a good time to cut the police budget. It wasn't to say that uh, a budget cut in this year was somehow retroactively impacting crime looking backward. But, uh, you know, again, I don't know how you come to that place where you say, OK, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with some challenges here uh, with crime and, you know, now's a good time to cut. Um, you know, as you, you, you quoted there from Chief Hale, cuts from one one section of the department, you know, impact other sections of the department. And uh, and, and we're always, you know, the, the statement from Mayor Cassetti is always that they're working on it. And so, you know, if we're, we're working on, on, on all of these things, you know, are we at the full accompaniment right now? Um, and the other thing is that if we're going to get serious about public safety and crime in our, in our community, it, it needs to extend beyond the police department as well. Uh, we need to make sure that we're making the investments in the community, fun, you know, talk, going back to talking about how everything is integrated. Uh, you know, if we're making the cuts to the after school programs that help give kids an opportunity to stay, you know, out of trouble, get them engaged in something that's going to give them some prospects, you know, maybe that makes a difference in their lives that they don't turn to drugs. Maybe they don't they decide that they're not going to deal with drugs. These are the kinds of things that we need to be making sure that, you know, that the fighting crime is, is you know, there's a there's a, a retroactive uh, or a reactive response to that. And there's a proactive response to that. And I'd much rather see. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see more effort geared towards saying, what, what are we doing to help prepare our society or our community to succeed uh, so that they don't come to, to making those decisions in the first place? And, I, and I, when you look at the budgets that are coming out here, this is not this is not preparing us. This is not preparing the next generation for the future. It's it, you know, we're leaving ourselves vulnerable to uh, to the kinds of the decisions that lead people to, to go into crime. Um, you know, and that's, you know, and, and this is within the context as well of divisions within our country between the community and the police. Uh, you know, I'd love to see programs, you know, that go beyond the, 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 the active effort of policing. You know, having more police officers is important, but all it does is increase the response time to a, to a crime that exists. And we need to make sure that uh, that. You know, as we invest in our com in our community to help try to prevent crime from happening in the first place, but we're also giving kids a positive interaction with the police force as well. Uh, you know, giving them an opportunity to understand what is in is involved in police work, inspiring kids to maybe look at going into law enforcement. That's going to change their relationship. Uh, you know, and, and, and help try to heal that divide that's going on in our country. Again, so much of the things that are happening in our country right now in our city is where the rubber meets the road and we need to make sure that we're doing everything we, we can here locally to try to bridge those gaps. Eugene, you were, did you have a... Well, maybe it's a cheap shot, but the, the ad didn't say that. that, that you that? The, the Facebook post that you put online didn't say, hey, we need to think out of the box of ways we can get our young people involved in mm -hmm. law enforcement and... 
It yeah, kind of so said, uh, just said I don't think th- no, yeah, I don't think that's. Do a you regret shot. that at all? Do you regret that? Not at uh, all. No, okay. I, I, I don't know how you, you know, how you look at the facts uh, of what's going on in, in the community and say this is a good time to cut our police budget. I mean, I just, and you know, there's only so much that you can fit in a meme. <laughs> so, um, you know, and that's why I'm here today talking about you know these are the steps that we need to take. Additionally, I wouldn't have have made that same decision, and. Uh, you know, I'd like to actually see an expansion, not just in terms of, you know, number of police officers, but what are the types of things that we can go after funding wise, maybe grant wise to help try to bring that, uh, you know, bridge that gap and try to prevent crime. And I guess the question for Mayor Cassetti would be, what are some things that uh, uh, the city's up to uh, in terms of uh, like non-police, uh, the, you know, the traditional law enforcement role to get young people uh I guess off the streets right. and, we and have, into a good place. I've talked with Chief Hale on several occasions. We have officers going to the schools to talk to the school children. At, you know, not not the, the young ones, but also the ones that, that are in seventh, eighth grade and, and in high school to try to get them more involved with different things within the community and with the police department. So I think he's doing an excellent job on that. And then just one follow up, and it just so, occurred so, to me. Can I weigh in on that? Sorry, just a, I want to make a little caveat if that's, if I can. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, I've met with Chief Hale. I've worked with my, Officer Michael Berry, Berry. Uh, as well. And so this is not, you know, my my own proposals are not a criticism of their behavior. I want to make sure that they've got everything they need to be able to do what they what they do best and also to expand on what they do. When, right. when we make cuts to the budget, that gives them zero room to expand into programs like these things, the community outreach programs. And what about, I remember a couple of years ago, Mayor Cassetti. Yes. Uh, the I think it was a diversity committee. I don't know if I got the name right. Of it, right, it sure. was really a great meeting. Yeah, I where, formed a diversity committee, but it, then it, it sort of just petered out. And you it, know that I ordered like four meetings and nobody showed up. I sent it out to all the members. There was Diane Stroman. There was Pastor Smith at the Macedonia Baptist Church. There was Tim Holman. I mean, only a, a couple people showed up, and they didn't have a quorum. So you know, we stopped doing it. But I would like to initiate it again and get see if the people would come out. And part that's of the, the I, I, that's the problem. I people, brought that up because that was part of the uh, of an the outreach people, to some tie people don't the, want to get involved. Some people don't care. I mean, doesn't that speak to like in this? You also touched on this earlier, and Mr. Rasslin did with like the the repeat commission members and everything. Right. I mean, doesn't that speak to the to the the? I mean, not to be too pie in the sky, but doesn't that speak to you know why do we have why do we need fourteen aldermen when we can't even Correct. get somebody to to fill a volunteer commission? Right. Like, so should the city sort of move in the direction of? You know, either you know, complete consolidation regionally, uh, politically, or or at least reducing the size of the, the footprint of the the government in yeah. terms of. I, if you remember, we voted on lowering the aldermen down to five wards or three wards, and it got rejected by thirty votes. All the other referendums that I put out passed, except that one. It missed by 30 votes. And that's what we, we were trying to reduce the government. We wanted to make it three wards instead of seven wards so that we had 10 aldermen or, or, or eight aldermen with two at large or citywide. I mean, this is what I was trying to, to do, and it, it got voted down. Do we, will you resuscitate I, oh, that? Absolutely. If I'm fortunate enough, if I'm fortunate enough to get reelected, I have some great plans for the future of Ansonia in the government and in 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 the um, work in in progress that we're going to be doing. 
And when will those be? Will those be revealed before? I mean, either now or no, no. It probably it, the charter charter revision commission will probably get together in March, and okay. then get something on the ballot for next November. Okay, just limited to those ideas you just set out now. No, it'll be other things. Like be other. any anything that you could mention, or no, I'm working on it. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we'll move on to uh, closing statements now. Uh, and the candidates agreed to reverse the order of the opening statements. So, Mr. Raslan, you go first. Go ahead. So I'll, I'll keep my closing statement very brief. I just want to thank everybody that stayed tuned for the duration of the uh, this debate here. And thank you again, Valley Indy, for hosting us and uh, Mayor Cassetti for joining me here. Um, I just want to say again, reiterate that when we look out uh, to the world, when we look into the future, what this election to me is about is whether or not we're, we're, we're taking the steps to prepare the next generation to succeed in the future economy, whether or not we're taking the steps to rise to the challenges that we see going on. The, we, we, you know, as, a, as an entire country, we, we face some very similar challenges, uh, and these things all come down and impact us right here in our city. Uh, and if we're not doing our bit, if we're not taking responsibility to uh, to make sure that we are being innovative in our city hall, that we are making sure that our residents have the tools and faculties to be prepared to succeed in an increasingly more uh, challenging economic environment and where we take responsibility for our earth, our environment here as well. Uh, to make sure that we're we're not just being sustainable financially, but being sustainable environmentally. Uh, you know, these are the things that you know, the, these things fall squarely on the responsibility of City Hall, and I look forward uh, to potentially filling that role and working hard for you. Uh, and uh, regardless of the outcome of the election, uh, I will I look forward to continuing to work with residents of Ansonia towards those goals. So thank you very much, and thank you guys. Thank you. Um, Mayor Cassetti, your closing statement. Go ahead. Thank you, Eugene and Ethan and Valley Independent and the viewers here. You know, I have a philosophy. Hire the best people you can. I've hired very good people. The people that I got working for me are probably the brightest people in the state of Connecticut. And Sonia is on a renaissance right now. I mean, there is so much happening uh, economic-wise and, and, and uh, activity-wise throughout the city. And I would love to be your mayor for another two years. I, I have some great plans for the future, and I, I want to make sure that I'm part of it and my team is part of it and make you proud. So thank you very much for having us. Okay, and again, thanks to both of you. Uh, thanks to everybody watching. As we said, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that we didn't get to. Uh, but just as another reminder, the, the candidates will also be uh, participating in a forum at the high school, October 26th at 7 p.m. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for, uh, for taking part and for watching. We appreciate it.
Dinosaur. 